0: Okay, sorry guys. Um, the Lord really undid a lot of things first service, and He wrecked me just a minute. So I wrote this um the day that um, I hugged Angel Stewart, and um, I just wanted to share it with you because it was just confirmation of what the Lord really wants. Um, It's called "When We First Met." Devastation meets tragedy today. They are both introduced to sorrow. Sorrow has been hanging around for quite a long, long while. So when they both finally embrace, sorrow gives up and gives them this yellow flower. That introduces them to joy. Out of one yellow flower, joy turns into a bouquet. The bouquet gets driven to somewhere unknown. It is seen by many and desired by all. Suddenly, to devastation and tragedy, joy seems to have grown, grown so much, it cannot be contained. They both notice, they now stand tall, ready to give joy out. It cannot be explained. All they have ever known before was anger and pain. Since joy has been introduced to them, it has broken down that wall
1: how they are screaming out, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain.
0: There is one, there is, sorry, more than one devastation and tragedy today. But what has been restored to them, they want it for all. just wanted to share that.
2: Thank you for being here And uh, at the end of the service We've got a special song we're going to do And Chuck and Janet And Donna and Becky and who, Some other people are going to sing this song Chuck's got something he's going to say too that's, But what we want you to do Is we want you to come up here If, if you Once I give this message to you And let, when they sing that song God's going to come on you And do something in your life Okay, so I'm going to try to do this without being all carried away here. I like being carried away on a personal level. But it's kind of bad whenever, when other people are having to watch it be carried away. <laughs> so um, this is uh, this will help you in your life. I can this, if you, you can get this, because you've you got this. You're already walking in this. I'm just trying to describe something that you're experiencing in your, in your life. I'm gonna read Isaiah six 1. Okay, it says in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So the first thing is we got to get what I want you to get is, is there are different levels of revelation and encounters with the Lord. Okay, there's different levels. Some are some are more strong and more powerful than others, but you know, God wants to, to reveal Himself in different ways, and He wants to increase. He wants There's an increase that He wants to release into people's life, where people have a deeper revelation of Him and deeper encounters of Him. Now, uh, in the year that King Ziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the high lift and His train of His robe filled the temple. In the Hebrew, that word, filled the temple, means it kept filling the temple. In other words, it just didn't stop, it just kept filling and, filling and filling and filling and filling and filling and filling. And that's the manifestations of the Lord. That's the glory of God that keeps coming and coming and coming. It's not that we already have all of God in us. We have Jesus Christ. We have everything that God has in us, but we don't fully know him and fully see him yet. So he just keeps coming. Paul said in Ephesians, I think Ephesians 5, 5:18, be continuously, So what the literal word means, continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So this train of his rope is like the filling of the Spirit. It's like the manifestation of the Lord coming in our lives. And God wants to reveal Himself. Let's read John 14:21. Uh, I'm just giving you a little groundwork here. He who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me, And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Isn't that awesome? That's that's it, man. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And that's Jesus speaking to his disciples before he died and was resurrected. So he was talking about not, he was talking about what's going to happen in the future. He was talking about after the resurrection that he was going to manifest himself to us. So the Lord wants to Wants to reveal himself to us. And I'm going to show you. This is very important. This is what's really happening. I'm going to show you this. Uh, but there's this thing that says, in the, here's what's going to have to happen. In the year that King Uzziah died. Everybody say died. Something has to die for us to really get this encounter. Something's going to die. Let me just tell you about my first experience with Uzziah. See, there's a Uzziah in all of our lives. Everybody in this room has a Uzziah right now. There's different Uzziahs at different places in your life. My first Uzziah happened when I first got married. I'd been I'd been a Christian about a year, and I came out of a bad background. I came out of a, a, a really a drug-infested background. It was bad drugs. It wasn't just getting high or just partying. It was a lifestyle that I had really gotten myself into. And uh, so I got saved and got instantly all that, I cut that life off. I cut all of it off. In one instant, it was done. I was a different person. Met Becky, got married, and fell into temptation. And I wanted to, to smoke, start smoking marijuana again. And so I was sort of messing around with it. She wasn't really going for it. She didn't really want me to do it. But I did. So everything came to a head. When, when we were on a vacation up in the, in the middle of a nowhere in a cabin. And I had the joint with me. You know, a joint, for those, those who don't know, it's a marijuana cigarette. If you don't know that's what that was, good for you. <laughs> you don't want to know about those things. But I had this joint with me, and I told Becky, we were sitting on the picnic table, and I said, well, I got this joint I'm going to, I want to smoke. Of course, she wasn't going for it, and she was very upset about the whole thing. And being upset had been just wearing me out for the whole time. And the whole time I was doing this, wanting to do this stuff, she was really upset with me. And uh, she had a vision. Uh, while we were sitting there debating this, and what she saw, she saw the three of us, the three of us. She saw me, she saw her, and she saw the Lord. And she saw herself just going after me, fussing at me, and she saw the Lord trying to speak to me, but he couldn't hear. I couldn't hear the Lord because of her. And the Lord spoke to her and said, "Beggy, do you know that I love Byron more than you? Something to that. Yes, I know that, Lord. Well, he can't hear a thing I'm saying because of you. And if you'll just get out of the way, I'll speak to him. And this is what happened. Becky said, okay, Lord, i get out of the way. So I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit right then. This is what happened. He spoke to me. And this is what he said to me. He said, Byron, you're at a crossroads in your life. And the decision, decision that you make tonight is going to affect the rest of your life. And I do not want you smoking that joint what he said to me and I knew right then suddenly it went from Becky not wanting me to do something that I wanted to do it went from I've got to make a decision this is a big decision and I knew what I wasn't supposed to do so I took that joint and I tore it up and threw it as hard as I could into the woods because I knew if I just threw the joint out there the next morning I'd be looking for it because I did regret the next morning but I'm so glad I made that decision, okay? I'm so glad that Becky Uzziah Davis-Wicker got out of the way and let the Lord speak to me. That was my real first encounter with the Lord on that level. Um, so the first thing I want to tell you is the thing that you and I really need to hear in our heart for us is that we can be an Uzziah in people's lives, Every one of you in this room, you can be a Uzziah. You can be in the way of God doing something in a person's life. And so we have developed this this theology, I guess I'll call it. It's called the theology of lovingly detachment. Okay, and this and we got we got this from AA. Okay, this is where it came from. And they tell you how to deal with people who have drug abuse or substance abuse, and what you need to do with them. Is, is loving and his attachments mean this? I didn't cause it, I can't control it, and I can't cure it. So I'm going to move out of the way because I can't do any of those things. And for us, I'm going to get out of the way and let God do what only God can do in a person's life. So you need to think about that with your children, not just with people with substance abuse. You need to think about it with your friends, with your spouse, with your children. You need to ask the Lord Am I being a Uzziah? okay and I'll be in the Uzziah and I'm in the way of God doing what he needs to do in that person's life I mean I could be a Uzziah in this church you know I could be in the way of what God wants to do in people's lives and we've learned that the hard way many times we just have to back out and get out of the way you know and it's not that you're you're forsaking people you love them you're just out of the way so God can do what only God can do because we're not God well, let me just move on a little bit and uh, encourage you about your relationships with, with people, especially, you know, you parents who are raising children. That's a biggie. Let me read Revelations 117. Are everybody okay? Uh, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. This is John the Apostle uh, in, in, in Revelation. I fell, When I saw him, everybody say saw him. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid, for I am the first... And the last. So, what I want you to get, I want you to get the picture of John the Apostle. I want you to think about it. this. is the craziest thing if you really think about it. i was been meditating on this verse this week. Here's this man who knew Jesus for three years. Okay? He saw him walk on the water, he saw him raise the dead. Okay? He saw him uh, multiply bread, he saw him heal sick people, he saw him open people's blind eyes. He went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, saw him, you know, his glory shine out. Okay, then he winds up sitting at the last, the famous Last Supper right next to him with his head against his chest. So this guy's having some pretty intense relationship and pretty intense revelation of the Lord. Then he sees him hanging on the cross and, you know, his blood draining out of him, dying. He's breathing his last breath. hears him say, you know, John, this is my mom. This is your mom. Mom, this is John. You know, I was your son, but now he's your son. He heard the Lord say all that to him. and Then he watched Jesus breathe his last breath and die. He saw him die. And then he went to that tomb and looked in it three days later and found out there was nobody in there. Saw an empty tomb. And then, within some period of time, he saw that same person walk through the walls into the room where he was at. Walk through the walls of the room. He saw him, he touched him, he felt him, he felt him, he felt his body. This guy that was dead, he felt him. That's powerful, isn't it? I mean, imagine that. And then he listened to him, talked to them for 40 days about the kingdom of God. You know, you're listening to a guy who does stuff like that, right? I mean, you're paying attention, We're keeping really detailed notes. You know, he just walked through a wall, he was dead, I see his scars, you know, I'm going to listen to what this guy's got to say. And sat there and watched him go to heaven on a cloud.
1: Isn't that powerful?
2: I mean, you think this guy's walking around with a little download on him. And then the Lord shows up like that. And it completely, completely undoes him. Completely. Because he never saw the Lord like that. Never saw the Lord after that person he was so close to. You, You see what I'm saying? He saw something he couldn't, and the Lord never let him see. Even the man of transfiguration, it wasn't like that. This time he really saw him. He saw him, and it just undid him. And that's what Isaiah said. He, Isaiah said the same thing. Woe is me. I'm undone. I saw the Lord. Uh, Oswald Chambers, this past week, on Monday, if you do Oswald Chambers, go back and read it. He calls it delightful despair. That's what he called it. Delightful Despair. When God comes to you and reveals Himself to you because it brings a delightful despair into your life. It brings something. that undoes you. It empties you. It clears you out. For the first time in your life, you probably see yourself like you've never seen yourself. And so that's really what the Lord wants to do. That's how the Lord, if you, you see this pattern in His life, the Lord does things, does things, does things. But here's what's going to happen. For us to really come into that, something has to go. There's a Uzziah there. There's a Uzziah my next encounter with the Lord as a young Christian, uh, there was, uh, it was our, uh, there was, I had this Uzziah. His name was Harry Bazell. He was our pastor. In my eyes, the sun rose and set in Harry Bazell. If, if Harry said something, it might as well have been written in the Bible. In fact, I, was going to, I knew it was in the Bible. I knew he was right. I mean, after all, he was Harry Bazell. You know, I loved him so much. And the Lord, let me read this scripture just to give it to you so you'll have it. John 5, 35. Uh, he w- Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. He was the burning and shining lamp and you were willing for a time to rejoice in His light. In His light. Harry, I was rejoicing in Harry's light. I was walking in Harry's light. Now listen, I still walk in other people's light. I always will for the rest of my life because I want to be teachable. I want uh, What other people have that I don't have, I want it. But the day came when the Lord said to me, is it's time for you to get your own light because I didn't have my own light. I had my light and everybody else. And God did something to me. This is what He did to me. He took me down. and took me down real hard. He took me down to zero. Okay, to, to, to reveal that to me. He took me down to zero to show me. I didn't understand this, but He took me down. He brought me into circumstances that were terrible in my life and to show me Byron you do not know me you really don't know me you think you know me you think you know me all you know me is you know me through Harry Bazell. so I've taken Harry out of the picture of your life for a moment to show you what you really know and I found out I didn't know the Lord at that moment it was so bad something really did die in my life then it was my little girl Hannah Joy I could just just like in the year that King Uzziah died it was the year that that Hannah Joy died, I saw the Lord. That's how radical and how awful that was in my life. In the year that Hannah Joy died, I saw the Lord. I'll never forget the night I saw the Lord then. I was just beside myself. I was beside myself because everything in my life had crashed and burned around me. It was just... And nothing worked. And I was just angry with God. I was saying, God, everything everybody says, none of it's true. I mean, I, you know, that's what we do. We tend to accuse them. It's not true. It's not true. Well, it's in the Bible. It's got to be true. But suddenly it's not working. Why, Lord? Why is it not working? Where are you? We you're not doing what Harry said. Where are you? Why ain't this working? Why is my baby dead? And I remember getting in the truck. Gas was 80 something cents a gallon. I was thinking about it. was a long way. That's all the money I had to my name was $3. I couldn't feed my family. I couldn't do nothing. Had $3. I remember putting that $3 over gas in that truck and went as deep as I could go, as deep as I could go away from everything and everybody into the woods, into the countryside. There's lots of country in North Carolina. If you want to get lost somewhere, you can. I can take you some places to get lost. Nobody ever finds you. And that's what I did. I'm going to go down here and I'm going to find God. I'm going to either find Him or I'm going to stay here for the day. I'm going to die here. And I'll never forget saying, Lord, I don't know you. And I remember the Lord revealing stuff to me. And I said, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. I thought I did, but I don't. That was a bad day. Now here's a question we got to ask ourselves. In the year that Matt Stewart died, did you see the Lord? Did you did you see the Lord in the year that Matt Stewart died? God didn't kill Matt Stewart. God didn't kill my baby. Okay? God doesn't do stuff like that. Somebody else does it. See, what happens to a lot of people when something like that happens? God... This is, this is what you've got to hear. God loves you so much that He will let things happen. And he won't stop. He won't personally step down in the middle of it. And it looks like He's being contrary to His Word, but He's not. And so, because he, he loves you so much, He wants you to have this relationship. He wants you to see Him that things will happen in your life. And so here's what's happening. Here's what I see of a lot of people right now. A lot of people, you're in a mess. you're in a mess, God. but in, and you're wondering, "Where's God at? Where's my breakthrough? Where's my healing? Where's my middle? What
1: If, Lord, where are you?"
2: And He's there. The Lord's there. He really wants to reveal himself to you. But we get you know, people get there's a self-pity thing that gets on us. Okay, this anger thing that gets on us. And, and all that keeps us from being able to see Him. So, you know, we could say something like this. In, in the year that I lost my home, I saw the Lord. Oh, did you really see the Lord? In the year I lost my business, in the year I lost my ministry, in the year I lost my wife, my son, my daughter, did I see the Lord? That's really what the Lord wants for people to be able to do. Are y'all okay? Here's what happened to me recently. Probably, let's see, in six months, three babies in the womb. That's a bad time. in the year that we lost those three babies. Did I see the Lord? You know what we did? I'm going to tell you this. This is terrible. You know what we did the day before we went to China? We went up and dug a little hole and put this little baby that was about that big in it. Okay? That Becky looked at. You can see the baby's ribs. You can see its little head. They call them fetuses. but They're babies. They're human beings. 13 weeks old, and put him in a little shoebox and took out one out in the woods and buried that little baby in it. You know, that's a bad day in your life as a, as a parent, as a grandparent. It's a real bad day. You know, and so either you're going to have an encounter with the Lord or, or you're just going to be messed up in your life. You're gonna see the Lord and He's gonna reveal himself to you in a way that you've not never seen before. Are y'all on this track here I mean, I'm because I'm telling you, when we, I was sharing earlier how when we went to uh Paraguay last year, we were supposed to talk about worship and it's like I couldn't it was last July, it was like every word I, in my mouth I couldn't talk about that. All I could talk about was what happened to us when Matt got killed. And you now I still get testimonies from people down there to this day about what the Lord did. When we went to China, that's what we went. To. I didn't want to talk about all that. I wanted to talk about something else, but it seemed like everything kept going back to that thing. All the hurt, all the pain, all the loss, and that's what really gave people life. I happened to run across this thing this week. TD Jakes, I was looking for earlier. It was, T.D. Jakes was preaching, I mean, this is vintage T.D. Jakes, man. I mean, you know, T.D. Jakes can do some preaching. <laughs> if you ever heard him? When he really gets going and preaching out of his belly, it's a gusher. And he was out, he had a gusher going that day. I mean, it was no sprinkle, it was a gusher. But he was at this, the reason I was attracted to I saw this something annual Holy Ghost Conference. <laughs> T.D. Jakes is preaching. I thought, I need to listen to this. It was only a little short thing on YouTube. And this is what he was saying. He's you know This is he was saying, This is what gives you the anointing. It's the get symptomy. It's it's the oil press. It's, it's the thing in your life that you don't want to talk about. It's the pain, it's the failure, it's the sorrow, it's the difficulty in your life. That's the thing that God takes and squeezes the oil out of you. And that's the thing that's gonna really that's the anointing, that's the power of God that's gonna come in your life. If you can grab hold of that. And that's, see, we, we, we want to rejoice in the victories. And I'm in the victories. I'm not in the defeat. You know, I really want us, to, I want victories. I want to think victory. I want to, because I'm a victory thinking mind. But I'll tell you something. What he said is really the truth. It's really out of your pain, out of your sorrow, and out of your loss where God can really come through and speak. If, now here's the big if, if you can find God in it. Or rather, if you'll let God reveal Himself to you, because God's there; He's never left us. And forsaken us. I love that song. It says something in that line of song that think about all the things that the Lord's done for us. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I've been doing this for a long time, being a Christian and really going after the Lord. And this is what I have found about the Lord. I've been through some bad stuff in my life as a Christian. I have been through some bad stuff. I have hurt. I've been hurt just as much as anybody in this room, and, and vice versa. I mean, I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying this so I can talk about this. God has always been there. God has never left me. God has always been there. He's always loved me. And He's never let anything come into my life. Nothing. There has been nothing that's happened to me that God was not watching over and God was not in charge of. And it didn't come because God let His guard down and the devil got me or I committed some great sin. It came because God was trying to show me something about Him I didn't know. He was trying to reveal Himself to me in a greater way. And so here we are. There's people in this room. Oh, in the year that I lost my business. And you're just not. You know, God wants to talk to you. He wants to show you in your loss. He wants to reveal Himself to you. He wants you to see him. But if we get angry with him and bitter with him, we're not going to see him. We're not going to see him. And you can feel. I'm just saying this. I can feel people's love getting colder and colder and colder because their breakthrough didn't come. God didn't meet them. Where is God at? And what He really wants to do is reveal Himself to you. He really wants you to see Him and look into His face. Because that's really what happened when I went to China and got to see the Lord. i got an awful quiet on me. Let me read this thing at Corinthians 3.18. Uh, it says, We all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So what the Lord wants to do is when we have these encounters with Him, when we see Him, when we see the Lord, when your Uzziah dies and you see Him, it's meant to transform your life. It's meant to change you. It's meant to make you know, that image of Christ that's in you to, to come forward in your life. That's what, he, what He's trying to do. And... uh You know, here's what's happening in the spiritual world. you want to know what's happening in the spiritual world right now? I'm talking about all over the spiritual world. Here's the spiritual world. We're in a fullness of time dynamic. Okay, you know what a fullness of time dynamic is? It means that all that we have sown in the last season, the fruits are coming forth now in your life. And let me tell you something. There's nothing you can do about those fruits. They are what they are. If they're bad fruit there's a hope here's the hope Lord i'm guilty have mercy on me if you'll plead guilty you'll get mercy that's all you got to do i'm guilty have mercy and then god's mercy can go to work in your life so that's what's happened there's this dynamic happening right now fullness of time things have come, have run the course this the season's done the fruits time you know and and there's just and there's chaos around there's never been so much chaos there's People who don't, every day, somebody new doesn't have a job. Every day somebody new has got some bad thing happening. Every day there's a, sh- a new shaking going on. Every day there's a new shift. Are y'all understanding that? But this is the thing we got to do right now. You see, God's trying to reveal Himself to us in a new way, in a fresh way, in all of this. Okay? And so, let me read 1 John 3, 2 through 3. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, when He is revealed, whatever level He's revealed, we shall be like Him. We're going to change. Something's going to happen in your life. There's going to be a change. You're going to be different. You can be different today. You can see the Lord, and He'll make you different. Okay? For we shall see Him as He is. However He's revealing Himself, He's going to change you. And lots of time, I do notice that the way He reveals Himself to you is what you're going to be changed into. That's what's going to be a a primary characteristic in your life in that season. And everyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself just as he is pure. So each time the Lord reveals Himself to to us in these encounters, I'm not talking about just having an experience or revelation, I'm talking about an encounter with the Lord Himself. Each time He does that, there's this change that's going to happen in your life. God is going to change you. You are going to walk away. You'll never be the same. Every one of those, I walked away. I was never the same. I was never the same. I was never the same. And I could always say about all of it, is, listen, I don't ever want to have to go through that. I don't ever want to have to touch that again. But what God did in me, I would not trade for nothing. For nothing. Because, because it was Him that He came forth. He came forth. So He's starting to try to come forth. All right, so there's also this thing of destiny. With each revelation of Him, there's a corresponding revelation of our destiny in Him. Everybody wants their destiny, but this is the way into your destiny. It's these encounters with the Lord. Isaiah had an encounter. I saw the Lord. Woe is me. He went through all this deal. And then the Lord said, started talking, and who are we going to send? And Isaiah said, Lord, send me. He walked into his destiny. Lord, send me. But it was only after he saw the Lord. It was only after he had this encounter. Then the Lord said, this is time for this destiny to filled in Isaiah 6. So, I read this thing uh, last night, which was really interesting, by this guy named Asher. I forgot what his last name was. Now I can't even remember. It was so weird. He was an Israeli guy. He's really got a weird last name. Starts with an I. But he was talking about this, and he was talking about the overall. This is really good. I want you to get this. You'll, I, I, I thought, I love this. Somebody sent me, sent to me an email. He said the first stage of our destiny is revealed to us through Peter in Matthew 16. just talking about the overall. That's the revelation of Jesus as, as Christ, as Lord, as King. Okay, that's the first stage. And that's really what God wants to do in everybody in this room. you got to get that revelation that He's the Lord. The second stage comes through Paul in Ephesians 1, where he revealed Christ as the head of the church. That's pretty good, isn't it? And the, but the ultimate stage is through John in the book of Revelation. The ultimate stage, the ultimate revelation of God is in the book of Revelation. Isn't that cool? As we meditate on the vision of Jesus in the book of Revelation, a change takes place in us. As we grasp who he really is, so do we grasp who we are in him. That makes sense, doesn't it? His eyes are a flame of fire. He wears many crowns, he is dressed in white with gold band on his chest and a sword coming out of his mouth. His hair is like wool and his face is shining like the sun. When that picture gets in you, it makes you different. That's what God wants to do. There's a new power. Everybody wants power. There's passion. There's purity. Holiness burns out carnality and worldliness. We see a heavenly perspective of the kingdom of God. We're made ready for His coming. We have a new ability to judge and rule and war. Dominion and authority are imparted. All these things that we preach on and talk about in the nine steps to, to dominion, is one step is when we begin to see Him. That's the step that God wants to bring us to. And so here we are, you know, in the room today. There's people sitting here. You've got lost in your life. You've got to make a decision today. You, God's calling you into an encounter with Him. You can decide where you're going to go from here. Okay? You've you got a decision to make. I presented you a decision you can have an encounter with the Lord. The Lord can reveal Himself to you in a very awesome way. It's a pattern. I showed you the pattern in John's life. I didn't tell you about all the other encounters I have had, encounter after encounter after encounter with the Lord. Not every encounter included some person dying, but some of them did include people dying. Some of it just included some person getting out of the way. Some of it included me giving up something inside of me that I wanted, giving up on a ministry, giving up on a, a goal, giving up on a purpose, whatever it is. Something had to go because that something was standing in between me and God. Are y'all got that? And see, that's really where God's calling I don't. If you're in a situation where you haven't been met, maybe the Lord wants to say that to you. Now, here's the cool thing. When I was coming over here, the Lord started singing a song to me. And it was the Holy Spirit singing to me. Because I've heard angels singing. angels always sing lovely. The Holy Spirit, when He sings to me, He sings like I sing. Not so lovely. It's a sort of a bad song. But he sung this song. This is a real song that we used to sing. It's actually a scripture. And I'm going to read it to you. Are y'all still got grace? I'm going to read it to you. No, oh, really wants to do something, man. I'm telling you, he does. Over- overlook the weakness of me. Okay, this is a song from the 70s. You know what? Sometimes old stuff's good. I'm telling you, sometimes old stuff, and this is real old. This is thousands of years old. It ain't just from the 70s. We, we, we thought we were the cutting edge, and we, then we found it in the Bible. Like, uh-oh. Actually, somebody did find it. But this is what the Lord started singing to me. Okay? And He wants to sing this song over you. If you're one of those people that i talked about this morning. It says this. It's Isaiah 43. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Isn't that cool? When you pass through the waters, and we're talking not good waters, we're talking bad waters, the waters of adversity. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, not the Holy Ghost River, but the bad rivers. When you pass through the ri- and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. The Holy One of Israel, oh well, for I am the Lord your God. That was a song. We used to sing that song. Okay? And the Lord was singing that song to me this morning. And I want you to get this point. He said, Fear not. That's what He said. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That's what He said. You're mine. That's what He was saying to me. Byron, you're mine. I've redeemed you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry when you go through this stuff. No matter what. And I am here to tell you I have been through some stuff and I've looked back and I have found God there and God has not left me. And you can be angry with Him, but it's a waste. If you'll let go this morning, you'll let go. You'll find Him. He'll find you, really. Because He doesn't forsake us. He never leaves us. And I don't care what's happening in your life. It doesn't matter. He said, I'm not going to leave you. What happens with people is this. They leave God. They take their life into their own hands. Start doing it their way. And things never really work out the way they're meant to be. Things never turn the way they were supposed to turn. They never really come into everything they dreamed of. and They think it was all a delusion or a lie. It really wasn't. And I really wanted to sing that song over people this morning. But I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) But I asked Chuck and Janet. They can sing good. But if you are a person this morning that wants, if you're in the waters, those rivers that are about to destroy you, you feel like, or if you feel like you're in some kind of bad fire, just like Lord, I can't do this anymore. more. I just can't do it. Where are you? He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to start releasing something for you. I really believe that. And now here's what the release is. He wants to show show you something by him, so
3: I was going to share something, but I think I'll hold it. Uh, the big thing that I think Byron's talking about, if you come into an intersection in your life and you got broadsided by something that you didn't even see coming, the Lord is going to pull you out of the wreckage and start laying the healing salve to your life. Um, I'll share real fast. He blessed us. We gave our inheritance to Him. He said to us, I'll tap you into a source you've never seen before if you'll trust in my inheritance. Trust in God's inheritance. Don't trust in your inheritance. Don't fight your siblings over stupid money that your mom and daddy's got. You understand that? It's frivolous. It's terrible. Trust in God's inheritance, because His inheritance will last forever. Okay? He'll pull you through the wreckage, out of the wreckage that just broadsided the fire out of you, that you didn't even see coming. Come on. Y'all come up here and sing with us. Everybody that was an old chapelite, come on. Come on, dog. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, amen. Anybody that remembers, Sarah, do you remember this one?
2: So as we're singing this song, if you want to come up here and let the Lord sing it over you, the power of God will do something for your life. Okay? I really believe that. So as we sing it, if you want to come up to just stand up here and start receiving from the Lord, and then we'll lay hands on you and pray for you, and you'll see the Lord, you'll find the Lord.
3: See, when He pulls you out of the wreckage and starts healing you, you'll understand that He really provides for you better than you could ever provide for yourself. Do you hear me on that one?
4: This is very strong because I feel this is such a beautiful prophetic anointing in here. And you know, uh when Bara was speaking about Elijah, the Lord took me to the verse that say that the prophet sent him seven times until he saw the cloud. He released him to go and look for them. And this is a calling my generation. They have seen the fire and the revival before. And they choose voluntarily to walk away. And this is the time where the prophetic anointing is going to be released. Whatever your wounds are coming from, maybe they're from the fire. Maybe your wounds are coming for experience. The movement of God in your life. And you choose to walk away from that if you choose just to stay where you at, you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. But this is the day that the Lord wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to close those wounds. And until we don't choose to recognize what our inheritance is, and take it in our hearts and receive it. And that means submitting ourselves to the authority, receiving the authority that God has placed in this place to you until you don't let it go and say, God, here is my wound. I want you just to heal me because I want to see you again. This is the time and this is the take. And today is going to determine what you're going to pass on to your next generation. Today, you can choose to walk in healing and supernatural anointing. Or today, you can choose to stay where you are and be satisfied with who you are now. But that's not what God called you to be. That is not what God called you to do. So I just ask you, please please just let the Lord heal you today. Let let him close those wounds in your heart because I want my inheritance to receive and see God moving.
1: Fear not for I have redeemed thee. I By thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not. Be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine when thou passest through the waters. I will be with Thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow Thee. When Thou walkest through the fire, Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon Thee. For I am the Lord Thy God.
3: Lord, we just ask, In, we don't despise those wrecks, Lord Jesus. We don't despise them, Lord. And we ask You, Lord, to come. Come to everyone, Lord Jesus. Everyone. Everyone, Lord Jesus. Everyone. Everyone, Lord Jesus. and Pull us out and apply the salve. Apply the salve. We will not Despise where we are, Lord. We will we rejoice in you? Rejoice in you, Lord. Come, go with us, Lord. Be with us, Lord. Be with us, Lord. Be with us. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen.